Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We can't be in the same room, but a podcast can't be stopped. The cinemas are empty, the industry is fucked, but we won't log off. We're not going out. All right, um, friends, hello, uh, welcome to a uh, quarantine era edition of Film Chat. Danny and I were thinking that we would uh, still putting out content, podcasting being one of the few industries that um, can flourish under isolated conditions. Um, but because there's nothing going on in the cinema, it's probably going to take a looser, more inf- even more loose and even more informal, even more conversational quality. The production value is even worse. <laughs> even worse. <laughs> um, even more casual and, and unprofessional and amateur um and uh it's probably going to be a little shorter than normal i guess we'll see how crackling the 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 conversation is over the next you know however many minutes and we'll just uh catch up and see what we've been watching lately and have a have a chat and put it out there you know it's going to go out into the world like all our other conversations and you know you guys can lap it up or not (laughs) do what you want um so danny how's it going it's going Uh, it's going well been watching a lot of movies my girlfriend has Amazon Prime. She's got Netflix. I've got iPlayer. I refuse to get Disney Plus. Uh, you know, well, it's too many. Does she, and she refuses to get it, I assume. Yeah, she refuses. Um, yeah, the relationship's hit like quite a rough patch because she refused to get <laughs> Disney Plus. I'm just coping with the millions of titles on Prime and Netflix. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've gotten to, uh, we've been watching a lot of Marky Mark movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been we've been having Marky Mark parties in these troubled times. I think his face kind of embodies, you know, the reaction to the news. No one really knows what's going on. Just a sort of we're living, pa- we're, we are living, inquisitiveness. We're living through the happening, aren't we? Basically, yeah, we are. I need a second. They released it. We're not near the road. We can't just stand here as uninvolved observers. I need a second, okay? Just give me a second. We're not going to be one of those assholes on the news who watches a crime happen and not do something. We're not assholes. Just a second. There were children in that Elliot, room. please tell us what to do. I need a second, okay? Why can't anybody give me a goddamn second? Yeah, and no, I agree. His his expression, that, that look, the sort of um, furrowed brow. I think his brow is probably more furrowed than really anyone's. 
um and that's how he looks how i feel it's quite but he's also a powerful and assertive kind of figure so i find that quite inspiring so yeah he's ideal um <laughs> so we watched we watched some of the the marky mark offerings on netflix the most recent release spencer confidential um uh, which is a sort of detective uh, noir kind of thing uh, broken city which is also a, a noirish film um <laughs> about like corrupt uh politicians and so on and then uh, mile 22 like a kind of action movie thriller um what would you say is the pick of the bunch how would you order these guys i think like spencer confidentials probably one i enjoyed the most because it was like trying to be funny and kind of light and the other two like he just doesn't have the gravitas to really like center a serious film i don't think mark Wahlberg. like there's something naturally comedic about him i think that's what's kind of entertaining about him is that he's a sort of comedy character actor he's pursued the career as like a sort of badass action yeah. hero but the, and sometimes that's like amusing his miscasting and sometimes it's just a bit like leaden and so spencer confidential is quite an unfunny attempt at a sort of throwback action buddy comedy but there are some like hilarious bits in it unintentionally but still funny there's a bit where he just leaps out of a ceiling the bit where he leaps down from the ceiling out of absolutely nowhere is pretty brilliant i don't know yeah check our twitter account for yeah. the gift, for the, your uh, snapshot of him leaping out of nowhere and that's when the movie really came to life for me um uh yeah um i kind of i think broken city was my favorite of the three um it's in intensely serious film absolutely no humor to it whatsoever but um it's got I, I you know it's got the entertainment value of the gap between what it thinks it is and what it actually is it, it and it really <laughs> reminded me of like some of the like bad scripts that you've told me about that you've been reading you know and sometimes like people submit like in, in, unbelievably corny um uh, dialogue everything's really overripe uh everything's sort of heavy with atmosphere and uh i mean the, the title broken city does kind of suggest that already you know like this place is fucked up everything is dark everything is yeah. serious um and it's got a surprisingly starry cast like a lot of uh, familiar faces in it including russell crowe um and it is terrible and it's also kind of like <laughs> this blue lives matter tale about a cop like the way that the film opens quite daringly is with um mark Wahlberg, the police officer just gunning down in cold blood an unarmed black guy and he's the yeah. hero of the film they obviously want to challenge you with this opening, but in but it obviously just turns out to be like a vindication of like incredibly violent police. I mean, unless it's some kind of commentary on how the maverick policeman trope is incredibly uh, like socially reactionary, conservative kind of thing anyway, and that it's just put into sharp relief when that guy is a racist murderer. But but I don't think so. Well, it's strange because it's directed by Albert Hughes uh, of the Hughes brothers, who were like the, these two uh, African-American filmmakers who were like part of the sort of 90s school, like John Singleton and uh, F. Gary Gray and like those kind of like young filmmakers. They made this movie called Dead Presidents, which is really good. It's all about uh, sort of inner city African-American life. So it's a bit strange. I, like, didn't, I did not realize I, I did not realize that that was the director. <laughs> I had not looked into that. Well, they had, they've got this really interesting career where they start off really strong with these like amazing debuts. And then uh, they did uh, From Hell and uh, Book of Eli. 
and then they went their separate ways and they just you know there were these fresh young voices and then they just made these quite schlocky hollywood movies uh and marky mark couldn't you know get the dead president's hughes talent back it's a damn shame speaking of corrupt cops i watched the first 45 minutes of dragged across concrete oh the, yeah uh the guy did brawl in uh, cell block 99 and yeah, bone tomahawk and bone tomahawk craig is Known craig like very... s zala isn't it that's the one uh sort of known as like a sort of kind of overtly right-wing director kind of genre director uh and this movie stars uh, mel gibson and vince vaughn and mel gibson just plays like a sort of racist good casting you could say perhaps uh, how how explicit a racist really... are we talking well the, the opening scene is basically this evil mexican drug dealer like he arrests him and then like he sort of does a bit of police brutality on it and then some soy boy lib uh <laughs> records him so they get suspended him and vince vaughn and also his uh young mel gibson's young daughter is being regularly attacked by a, a group of uh, black youths on his street so it's basically just like mel gibson's fever dream and like the director is like mel don't worry we're gonna make it reality it seems deliberately being made to sort of trigger people it's so in your face but it's just a bit like pathetic and lame and just like comically bad dialogue like after uh, after they the recording goes viral of them being bad policemen like uh, pulled in front of like the uh, you know the commissioner like you guys have fucked up that scene played by that guy um oh god who's the guy from knives out and uh don johnson that's the one by don johnson but don johnson used to be mel gibson's partner he's like there's a reason i'm commissioner now and you're still walking the streets busting things and he's like i'm a good cop and i'm do good police work and this is bad <laughs> and like it's literally dialogue like that this i am good it's, this it's, is bad. Oh, it's this like it's like dan bad. brown uh prose yeah they're doing bad crimes <laughs> with the wrong minds or something it's just absolutely uh, nonsense that's it does sound like he's very much doubled down made the sort of implicit politics of brawl and Starbuck 99 like just the focus of the movie just to try to annoy people. Maybe he's one of those guys who got yelled at by uh, uh, socialists too much on Twitter and is like, fuck you. And you know, his movie is yeah. now a commentary on them. In the same way that like this sort of dark mirror of um, uh, Ryan Johnson uh, clearly getting yelled at by too many fascists on Twitter and then like putting them in Knives Out to be, to be mocked. You know? I yeah. think like we're definitely in the era of... Um, uh reply guys and just like the state of um people's mentions uh having a huge impact on their creative output yeah absolutely <laughs> both in the world of like journalism and uh and cinema as well hold up hold up one sec there's a noise outside my open window so i'm gonna go close that yeah my god can you believe this not even the same bloody room and he's still somehow fucking up He's taken out his headphones now, so he can't hear me. But this is a fucking disgrace. I think I might be ending the podcast forever. Oh my god, he's no, he's back. Shit. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Alrighty. I am All back. Right. Um. Uh. So. So. What? What made? Sorry. I mean, made it a more uh, less hesitant. So. What? Why? Why did you stop watching? It was on Amazon Prime, and. I'd never seen any of this guy's movies, so I was like, I'm going to check out how racist I mean, why did you stop and... watching, you know? 
I want to. It's just gen- genuinely quite dull. It's almost. It's two hours. It's two hours and forty minutes long. It's like you know, Lord of the Rings length, and it was just quite dull. I've I looked up reviews and they said like it was a slow burn. I'm like really undercutting how slow it was. Like there's barely any burning. Happening. Shuffling, shuffling across concrete. Shuffling. Watching paint dry across concrete. I don't know. You know, it's just it does have the sort of. Uh, essence of an old racist you know he just he's angry but he can't really get stuff done <laughs> just shuffling about uh yeah i know i think there's a certain amount of like just because mel Gibson is clearly mad and maybe he always was that's why he was compelling on screen it's because he's just got this is this is an insane person so he could just flip out it's like putting a fucking you know uh, like a wild animal in your film he's got mad eyes he's gonna mm. do anything it gives him a certain amount of presence, but I'm just like, you're not entertaining enough. You know, I, I don't know. I felt a bit weird watching it. I was like, this guy is just a horrendous human being. And this film is not, would have to be incredible to sort of justify his presence. So like it. the sort of appeal of, of the, this director's movies is the supposed kind of crunchy, impactful violence that, it, you know, that you really feel it. And it's all done with like incredible practical effects. And did you, did you get any sense of that? No, like there was, there's just like a, even the brutality at the start wasn't even that brutal. He like he steps on a guy's neck, but you don't see it. Right, I guess that's probably he's probably saving it, you know, for the fun the final yeah. act when the the limbs really get um, openly snapped and so on. Yeah, yeah, I doubt I doubt it's worth two hours and forty minutes. I mean, also that that length is just at odds with the type of film that it is. Like like you know, isn't a sort of pulpy cop, you know, film about dirty yeah. cops doing crimes. It doesn't need to be. Does not need to be that long. Somewhat uh, thematically fitting. I did watch a very pulpy crime movie, the brilliantly titled "Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man," which is this Italian <laughs> action movie. That is definitely that is about. definitely the title of a foreign film that's been translated. That's like the English language title of a foreign film. It's great. It's like it's almost a parody of a cop movie but it's very sincere it's ambitious there's these two sexy italian guys they spend the entire movie just like riding about on a motorbike and they just uh just lay down the law the opening is this quite like um tense motorbike chase through rome and it ends with like them apprehending the guys and they just murder them because they're like oh we can't be asked to process them because they don't play by the rules but the movie is like fully on board of this as like they're just sexy dudes keeping the Italian. When was safe. this film made? As, like in the early seventies, right. uh, and women just constantly fall in love with them, <laughs> like just go around just like banging hot broads, shooting the bad guys. At the end, they just like blow up a boat, even though they don't have to. They just think, "Fuck it, why not?" The explosives are here. Let's blow it up. And uh, it was great, you know, it had a real sense of humour. Like, I like my right-wing cop movies with uh, a sense of playfulness. It sounds like they were James Bond. Yeah, it was a bit like that. They're like sort of Starsky and Hutch, but if they had, like, no more... I don't know. They're, they're, they're killing bad guys, so it's fine. But your, your, your description of what they do sounds a lot like the chorus to the song, I Wish I Was James Bond. <laughs> Actually, I think I remember hearing that Scouting for Girls are a huge fan of the <laughs> film Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. I'm like, we should make this into... A An early bang. demo of that song, which was I Wish I Was the Two Cops from Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. Didn't, it didn't, didn't scan, scan as well in the lyrics, so they had to change it out. A girl in every port And gadgets on my sleeve The water's not enough For the both of 
So I wish I was those blows from Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. Just for the day, kissing all the girls, blow the bad guys away. I, um, uh, they've been putting some Ghibli on Netflix, which is nice to see. And uh, so I've uh, been catching up a bit with that. I watched Laputa Castle in the Sky for the first time and thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. Put Broken City in the shade. Just a a, a really fun and uh, entertaining adventure. A great yarn, I would say. Uh, all, yeah. all the elements of a, of, of a gripping fantasy adventure story um, with uh, really inventive visuals, this really interesting kind of... Um, steampunk aesthetic but with a heavy dose of um kind of uh industrialized like um i don't know who's that guy <laughs> i'm i you know if i was more aesthetically uh, knowledgeable i would be able to um uh you know drop exactly what what it is but it's a lot of like brickwork and kind of like um is he called Laurie? Who's that guy? Lowry. That's what I'm thinking of. Sam Lowry? No, no. Uh, it's not called Sam Lowry. You know, the matchstick man guy. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> um, but you know how like steampunk is very heavy often on Victoriana? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this felt more like, like post-Victorian, like early uh, 20th century. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's totally incoherent, but that's fine because for uh, this is the informal film chat. I didn't, you know, I didn't need to look it up or pray anything beforehand. Um, uh, and uh, that nice uh, streak of, um, you know, environmentalism, whatever, that is, is common to Miyazaki movies, uh, throwing in there as well. And yeah, it was great. Well, like in the movie, there's that segment, like the protagonist from this like mining town, and. Uh... Apparently Miyazaki visited Wales in the eighties during the miners' strike. Don't know why. I don't know why I went to Wales for holiday. Why not? I guess. And like was very impressed about the unions and the way they unionized and stuff because he's a bit of a comrade. And so like in that segment, like all the wouldn't like the sort of military try and like mess with the townspeople. They all like suddenly turn up and like get the fuck out of our town. Apparently that's like a tipping the hat to like the miners in Wales. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. That's what I like about it. It's sort of. Uh, that kind of cultural exchange of a sort of uh, someone's idea of Europe, even though he's visited it, it's like a sort of someone from a different culture sort of doing a Jules Verne-esque, very kind of Western story. But there's something about, this sounds like so, like his, the Japanese-ness of it has made it even better than well, no Westerner can make a film like this. But it's like... He's definitely taken a, yeah, that sort of um, working class neighbourhood and and turned it into this fantasy landscape in a way that's very cool and it not the sort of thing you don't you don't often do and it's true that that kind of cultural um exchange the sort of in a way it's like an exotic it's like an exoticized version of that of that world which yeah. you see all the time the other way around yeah yeah exactly that's what, yeah, yeah yeah and so um but it, but like doing it this way just felt like it's sort of elevating that that landscape it's sort of like a celebration of it um like it's not even though this kid lives a very impoverished life and he's like you know child laborer working in the mine he's still got this kind of um there's still some sort of uh, fantastical quality to him he sort of lives in a tower and he like summons these uh, uh pigeons every day and plays the trumpet for them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh 
uh, and like the whole look of the area in which he lives is is sort of spectacular um everything's very vertical i always feel like for whatever reason just things being vertical makes them cool you know yeah if things go down a long way and up a long way then it's exciting amazing that's uh, why the floating castle is so good because you can see the top of it and the bottom exactly that's why it's cooler when things are floating in the air um i also just like the it's got a great opening sequence as well very sort of indiana jones type um adventure this fight breaks out on a blimp you don't know what the hell's going on this young girl like uh knocks this uh evil bureaucrat guy out with a bottle and like starts escaping and it's just yeah i i had a blast with that yeah it's brilliant he like Jaime Miyazaki would be my choice to adapt like every book i loved as a kid just think uh, ghibli's like his dog materials would be amazing oh yeah definitely ghibli's whatever whatever books we read he would have been an amazing director for Mortal Engines. He's definitely got... He, the, his films have that quality of wonder, which I think is really important in, um, like, fantasy adventures. Like, foregrounding yeah. that sense of, like, the wondrousness of, of things. And uh, I, although I didn't watch all of his dark materials, I did feel like that was something that was kind of missing from the... Yeah. Um, from the TV adaptation. Like, it was quite faithful, but it didn't quite have that sense of awe about it. And just like want, wanting to sort of wow you with the with the sort of majesty of all the elements of the world. It's a damn shame. Hmm. Damn, damn shame. I watched uh, obviously the only film you're going to watch uh, in times like this. Um, I yeah. finally caught up with the modern classic, A Simple Favor, directed by the... Paul Feig or Feig. Right. Um. He got he got bored with. Uh, you know making his comedies and uh, decided to branch out into a hitchcockian twisty thriller or at least that is what i thought going into it so have you, do you have you seen a trailer for this film or some of anna kendrick in it and... it's it's anna kendrick uh and uh, the guy from um crazy rich asians the, the hot henry golding oh, is that what he's called yeah yeah henry golding henry golding um and then the other woman who's a, the extremely glamorous uh, kind of actress whose name escapes me um blake lively uh yeah it might be blake lively could that that, that could well be true sure why not why not why not this is informal film chat doesn't matter who the actresses are um so i remember seeing the trailer for this and it looked like a very straight down the line serious um uh, hitchcock type thriller about a, a vlogging wholesome mom played by anna kendrick who um, strikes up a friendship with another school mom who is a mysterious, elegant, debonair, um, uh, incredibly glamorous and beautiful, uh, totally a huge, great contrast in every way, um, woman played by Blake Lively. And their, their lives, they, they strike up a friendship, lives become intertwined, and then um, the Blake Lively woman goes missing. Uh, and then Anna Kendrick starts trying to investigate what's happened to her. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, and then, you know, you know that there's conspiracies abounding and schemes and plots and it's all very tense. That was the kind of impression of the film that I got from the um, uh, from the trailer. I mean, it, it looked like it was going to be kind of like Gone Girl or The Girl on the Train or, or one of the girl, the girl films, the girl thriller sure. films. Um, uh, but in the end, it had this really strange strain of like broad, classic Paul Feigean uh, comedy which was constantly <laughs> sort of undercutting 
the the like consciously kind of undercutting the tension and like the seriousness of the film and it just made it so weird like it, it was these kind <laughs> of like um uh really subpar like gags and little riffs that you would expect from his other types of movies like spy or bridesmaids but not as funny or perhaps it was just not working in the context um but always in a way to just deflate whatever tension they were trying to build in the thriller story uh and so it just became it was a very like confusing film to watch i don't really know what he was going for uh but it really was not working not (laughs) not doing it for me and then the plot goes absolutely off the deep end by the end i mean it for for a film with a relatively broad sensibility to it like this the strain of like broad humor it had a very convoluted story which i was really struggling to follow and i mean in retrospect it feels like they they sold someone like had written a straight down the line thriller it was picked up by paul feig and then he kind of was like i'm gonna feig this you know what yeah. make, make one of my five films or maybe a producer was like hey paul you know we hired you instead of someone who normally makes movies like this and we and, and we want it to be fun and kind of pop and fizz or whatever um but the combination was really strange and it meant that like the 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 complexity of the plot just felt really unwanted in like where the film was going and i had no fucking idea what was going on by the end they were all double triple crossing each other there was hidden schemes on hidden schemes there was a bit of the end that was kind of um uh, a rip off of the end of the sting but they kind of do it t- twice you know if you know <laughs> what i mean yeah sure there's like <laughs> the sort of fake out from the sting but then like another one on top of that and wow. uh it was just like the fake out was a fake out it was the fake oh out God. and then like someone it was like oh no it was actually a bit like the heist um uh, episode of rick and morty you know where it's like <laughs> i knew you were gonna do that and that's why i made another plan but it's like i knew you were gonna make that plan so i made another plan on top of my other plan okay. it was it was like that um just uh just bad just absolutely terrible say so, i'm i'm you know paul i don't know what i paul needs to get back to his roots he's made a couple of great movies spy is uh, uh is extremely good as far as i'm concerned and bridesmaids obviously kind of a classic say so, he, he needs to get 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 back in his wheelhouse you know Rick Sanchez, you son of a bitch. Need some people for a thing, Glar. My name's Glear these days. I play piano. Hey, Glear, play your piano. I quit. And the name's Glar. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, all right, we've been wanging on for a, a cool 30 minutes. Do you want to... Uh uh you know have one more thing and then call it a day or yeah do you want to hear my opinion of the film yes man yes (laughs) yes man i do i do yes so i saw the film yes man which was based on a sort of memoir by danny wallace in which he 
for a six month period he just said yes to everything and then Hollywood is like that's a great high concept let's turn it into a movie stars Jim Carrey as a bloody nihilist who's like he says no to everything and then he goes to see a guru played by Terrence Stamp and then starts saying yes to everything (laughs) many many strange things about it the movie can't decide whether it's like a sort of magical realist film like liar liar where he's like compelled to do yes or whether he just decides to <laughs> my, you know what i mean like there's like sort of a thing about like if he says no like bad karma affects him and it and it goes wrong but right. that's not really true so when like uh and so like that kind of whole element of the plot the entire plot in a way doesn't quite make sense the other thing that's really strange about it is that uh bradley cooper's in it as like his best friend but bradley cooper must be like 30 in this film Jim Carrey's like 45 and his love interest is Zooey Deschanel who's like 23 in the movie or something. It's like, why is this 45-year-old man's best friend, they're all 10 years younger than him and his love interest is like 20 years younger than him. It's just like something a bit gross and weird about it. It's definitely like a very, like a mid-noughties Jim Carrey. He like, you know, he did all these high concept comedies in the 90s and then he sort of segued into more dramatic roles quite like very successfully with like The Truman Show and... Uh, man on the moon and internal sunshine and then he's like still trying to do the 90s stuff but it just looks a bit it just seems a bit past it and a bit old it's just kind of weird he's not like a good straight man uh i don't know like it's just like it's not the 90s you're not like a 32 year old man yeah and also you know i'm I'm sure he could do a film like that if it was age appropriate but it's like it just sounds like the casting and the way he's situated in the movie is what's not is what isn't working yeah, it's a bit like a bit like um, when Tom Cruise made The Mummy, and it's like yeah, it, his Mission Impossible films demonstrate that he can still be a convincing action star at his age. But in The Mummy, he's surrounded by people decades younger than him, and it just seems like the the role should be taken by a much younger man. <laughs> it just sticks out like a sore thumb as being well, way well, too old. There's a bit when Russell Crowe is like, "You're a young man, Mr. Morseburg." He's like, "No, he's not. He's older than you." He's not. <laughs> He's two years older than you, and you're clearly an old man because you're all fat and you got a beard in this movie. Why is the character called the Mummy in the film like a young woman, a young hot woman? Whereas, yeah, the, 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 if, if anyone in that film is the Mummy, it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's the most ancient strange. being. He is. He's ancient. He's, he's how old is he now? He's pushing sixty, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's bathing in goat blood every day or, or whatever in order to try to keep aging at bay but but i think that's the appeal of him now like i think maybe it's a similar thing to jim carrey being a bit of an uncanny valley between he's not quite old enough not quite young enough in yes man like he's a, so it's weird i think like tom cruise for a while like he was kind of pursuing that like i'm still young i'm still with it but the sort of joy of mission impossible now is that he's kind of gone on a bit but he's still he's still got it you know he like he takes a punch. He gets beaten up a lot more in these movies. He's a bit more vulnerable. But it's just even more impressive when he starts running. It's like, look at this old fucking man go. Like, it's just astonishing. Absolutely, yeah. When he's, like, running across the South Bank, it's like, oh, my God. Look at this. He's twice my age, but fucking hell. It's insane. Do you think Do you think there's a thing of, like, men in, like, late middle age just having this slightly uncomfortable quality where they're not yet old, and yeah, but they're it. not young, and it's just... It looks like they have a young face with lines on it, you know? Like, there's something a bit... Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I was thinking that watching Jared Butler in um, Hunter Killer. He, d- yeah. he doesn't have the look of a 
old veteran or a kind of established older authority figure guy. He has the look of a young buck action hero guy, but he's actually a bit too old for that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think there's something he's in. He's in an uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable phase. It's like it's like it's like when you're growing out your hair to get a particular haircut. But but in yeah. the middle, it doesn't. It just doesn't quite work. He's at that stage of life. You know, he needs to grow himself out into like get it. You know, he needs to get some gray in his hair, or I don't know, start wearing Absolutely. cardigans. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. This review of Yes Man took a totally. Pl- <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's why Yes Man isn't very good. Available on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix, uh, huh? Oh, it's on Netflix. Oh, I think it is. Or oh, Amazon Prime. Not Disney Plus. We've established that. Don't have that. It sounds to me like it would be a it would be a depressing film to watch these days because you can't adopt its ethos. Like, what are you going to say yes to now? Like, yes, I will. I will go for a walk. I will. Yes, I will eat pasta. I will yes, eat pasta. I will. I, I will, will have, have three meals a day. I have ice cream for breakfast. I'll start drinking now. Why not? Oh yeah, shit. That is that is what people what people are saying yes to is uh, twelve o'clock martinis. Yes. Do you think we'll come out of this like a bit drunk and all our relationships will be strained? There'll just be a massive surge in divorces and alcoholism. I think I'm fascinated to know what the cultural response is going to be to the end of this. But I, I imagine it will depend heavily on uh, just what the how the rest of the crisis plays out. If 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 society doesn't trans like break down any further than it has right now, I just imagine everyone there'll be a lot of people who just want to go to the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um. I don't know if things get really bad then uh who knows how people will be feeling but um yeah it will it, yeah it'll be, it'll be i'll be i'll be fascinated I, I mean you know you're reading like loads of scripts about like people in their 20s feeling directionless yeah maybe this is going to be the next thing that, that everyone works in it'll be like a lot of like dystopian sci-fi about people who can't go outside yeah it's a bit weird because i'm like doing this job where people are writing like scripts about all manner of things but it's like None of this has like a sort of virus causing everyone to stay indoors, so it feels a bit past it. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It must be like you know, in the thirties when like war was declared. It's like, what's well, the script about a farmer? You know, you got it's, you know, it's the, the the reality is too big. It makes everything else seem a bit small and irrelevant. Mm. Yeah. Reality is no, big. No. It's the pictures that got small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, alrighty, should we should we should we wrap it up there? Yep, I'm going to go away, watch a few more uh, cop movies. Uh, I'm going to find the most racist, violent cop movie I can find. Watch the hell out of it. <laughs> Report back. Excellent. Maybe watch, like, Norska Valley of the Wind or something to balance it out. Uh, yeah, I might I might delve in back into Ghibli. I saw that Castle in the Sky is just... Uh, no, 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 not Castle Sky. Uh, How's Moving Castle. Getting my... He, lo- he loves castles. Getting my Moving floating castle films confused. How's Moving Castle has just gone on there, which I have seen, but I might revisit. And... Uh, uh, and yeah, and there's various ones that I have not yet watched. Is Porco Rosso on? Um, yeah, I think it's all on. It's all, all up there now. Yeah, all right, the Miyazaki's. Might go, might go check some of that stuff out for the good vibes. And uh, and then tonight we're going to watch. Are we watching Escape Plan? Well, I I floated the idea of Escape Plan. I'm open to other suggestions as long as they're bad and violent. Okay, well, if we watch Escape Plan. Escape Plan Two is also on Netflix. Okay, so Dave Batista, if it's so. good, we can just <laughs> just barrel on. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm hoping that Netflix will put on the uh, that Bautista uh, Die Hard in a Football Stadium movie, so we can finally watch oh, that. Oh, like the final score, <laughs> final the score, final score. With, uh, yeah, with uh, 
with Pierce Brosnan as like a Russian oligarch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Astonishing. Yeah. You don't need to go to Sainsbury's to buy these movies anymore. They're just on Netflix. Um, all right. Well, lovely catching up with you. Uh, you too. Listeners, hope you guys, uh, you know, staying safe and whatnot, not going crazy. And uh, some other rambling conversation will be heading your way soon. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. It's Danny DeVito. And I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, stay home. I mean, everybody. I mean, you got this virus, this pandemic, and, you know, young people can get it. And they can transmit it to old people. The next thing you know, I'm out of there. Please do us a favor, all of us, and stay home, not spread this virus around. Thank you. Watch a little TV, why don't you? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.